0: to Backbeat Conversations. On this podcast, we like to talk about all the facets of the music and entertainment industry and bridge the gaps between them. I'm Julianne Francis, here with my co-host, Elena Henry. Hi, guys. And this week, our guest is Marley.
1: Hey. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Good, how are you guys today? Can't complain. <laughs> so can you give our listeners a brief introduction of yourself? Yeah, totally. So I'm Marley
2: Stream. Um, I'm 16 years old. I'm from New York area and primarily I'm a bass player. I also sing and I play piano and guitar, Um, but I've grown up just like performing a lot with a lot of different groups and um, bass has always been like my main, you know, inspiration and I have started writing my own music, uh, you know, based on like my playing and starting to work on production and stuff. So I actually have some music coming out, but I've always been a performer and I've always loved everything from R&B to prog and metal. And uh, music has always been my number one passion and I've used it in every aspect of my life. So I continue to every single day.
1: <laughs> awesome.
2: I love that. So how'd you get started playing music? Um, when I was younger, I was, I've was i always been in a family of people who are avid music listeners. And um, I've always been interested in the instruments and like i feel like a lot of times you know like the average listener would you know like primarily pay attention to the vocals but i've always been drawn to the instrumentals that maybe you don't hear in the front of the mix so um after like you know at a young age playing piano and singing a lot i decided to take up bass over guitar and it was like the best thing i ever did because i'm really drawn i've always been drawn to the way bass is so fundamental to the band yet If you're not looking for it, you can't always hear it. Um, But the second you take it away, it's like something huge is missing. So
1: that's kind of what got me playing.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: So you touched on it a little bit, but what is your favorite thing about being a musician?
2: Um, I think being a musician is a way that I can almost, I don't want to sound cheesy or anything, but like speak a language, you know, um, and do the things that words can't do, especially like what I found with songwriting is that, Not even with lyrics, but with um, melody and especially bass lines, because that's like what I do the most. I've been able to, you know, put my emotions that maybe I'm ready to let go of into something tangible. And that's been a huge thing for me. Um, So that's a huge part of being a musician for me is being able to convey feelings in an unspoken way with other musicians and listeners who aren't musicians, but also the performance aspects is like a huge part of it for me. And I've always gotten such a thrill and just pure um, enjoyment out of performing for people.
0: Yeah. I can't wait until we can do that again. I know, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's been so long.
1: I know. Like almost a year soon. It will be, have been a year in March. Yeah. It sucks.
0: (laughs) But, uh, so when this comes out, your your upcoming release will be out. So can you
2: tell us a little bit about it? Yes, totally. So this um release that I'm about to put out on February 4th, it's called The Space Between Us. And it's you call it an EP, you call it a single release, it's three songs. Um, and it was originally just gonna be the one song that I wrote. And then when I was trying to think of the name of the song, which I mentioned on my Instagram, that I was just not you know, the name wasn't coming to me, I realized I don't think the idea was complete, just like what I was saying about, like, you know, speaking through music. So um, I have a, you know, four minute song of my vocals and all my production. But then I have two bookend pieces that are um, instrumental interludes. And I've kind of turned the space between us into a concept album um, to talk about like a very important relationship I had um, in relevance to the universe and the idea that um to orbit around a planet is such a great distance that we can't even imagine yet if you were to do it it would be at the speed of light and it would be so fast so that juxtaposition kind of like I used it to um you know personify the relationship that I had that was very long and so when it ended it felt so short and then I continued to convey that along the way um the anxieties are the sun that's like gonna burn you and you gotta stay away from it or keep each other away from it while doing that you lose sight of beautiful things like the moon and shooting stars so like that's kind of the gist of it that if I were to genius lyrics the whole thing that's
1: what I would say to you (laughs) yeah I love that that's a big thought to condense into three songs totally yeah
2: it's kind of an evolution and I'd like to say like the first interlude is almost um instrumentally that my idea of love it's an adrenaline it's you know an obsession with something new it's exciting and it feels like overwhelmingly perfect um because I felt like because definitely like the middle song is like about a like a end to a relationship I had um and I felt like because when I ended that relationship I was we were very much so like still just in love and it was for other things in order to understand such like a mature concept like that I needed to set up the listener to be in love first so it could you know hurt even more and then <laughs> the last song is more just like an aftermath um you know like the hard parts afterwards and you know the growth the way that you know moving on like that, um this the grief like feeling that you can that comes dies out into something that is like yourself again so yeah
1: yeah nice. I like that you just said you become yourself again because it does it does really feel like you become something other Mm-hmm. Like when you feel mm-hmm. that feeling. You're just like, Why am I not the person that I was? And then you end up back where you started and you're like, That was that's weird.
2: Yeah, it's like a broken public. <laughs> you gotta put it all back together again. You know, like work the shit yeah. out. Like, you
1: know. Yeah.
2: I love concept
0: albums. I love when there's stories behind things. It's obviously fine when there's not. You could just write to write, but you know, it's always cool to hear about. Yeah, totally. I
1: agree. So I have one more question about your um your EP. Do you have a favorite moment that you can tell us about either making it or in a song? Um, hmm, let me think about that. Um, I want
2: to say that when I, the bridge of the song was something that I wrote. So I started writing the song about like six months ago. Um, and then I took a break while I kind of wrote it when I was like very much so living in it, which was hard. And I had to step away from it for like two months. And then um, recently I, I did production for this song really fast. Like I started on Christmas Day and it's done. It's sent off now. So like I, I had like I spent a lot of time building it up to just release it all. And um, my favorite moment was I wrote the bridge like, once I started production, like, I started the song when the bridge wasn't completely finished, I had some words, um, and I needed to complete the thought well, and this is back when it was just only one single, Space Lines is, like, the main song, um, and there, I was on FaceTime with my friend Alex Spangler, who, um, co-wrote a lot of the lyrics with me, and I started playing for him, and he had written, like, a bridge that I wasn't, like, you know, sure about, and I sat there, and, like, I started just jamming out on the chord progression and started getting like more and more. And then I was like on acoustic guitar, I had to move over the piano. I started like playing piano, soloing over the chords. I started like messing with the melody and we just both stopped and we like, this is perfect. This is what it's going to be. So then when that like was almost reciprocated into the producing I did um, and the song completely turned into something different that was less than just singing in acoustic guitar, it was the best moment. And I started crying I was like <laughs> I, I didn't realize that I could make this a reality because it was such a visual in my mind and that's probably my favorite part you know of the song and an experience I had was the whole bridge section of the song which is outro as well
1: Solid. I love that nice. I love hearing stuff like
0: that <laughs> yeah so what advice because we like to you know point out different parts of the industry and all that stuff like I said in the intro what advice would you give to somebody
2: who wants to be a session musician um I would say that if you don't try to practice a lot of things at once and you you know you you're you need to strive to be versatile and you need to take the amount of time it takes to become you know equivocally versatile like you need to be able to say I'm gonna learn this genre and I'm gonna spend a month on it and I'm gonna you know dive into I'm gonna immerse myself and I'm gonna fall in love with it and then I'm gonna you know fall in love with the next genre or the next technique it can be little things like it can be a week it could be Several months, it could be a few weeks Like you need to be able to allot your time to fixate your mind on one thing because the way you will not be a good session basis is if you're trying to do everything you know at your like middle potential. The way I found the most success is by like completely diving into different genres one by one and then being able to build up you know the vernacular I can speak with my base. So when I'm talking to people about session base, I'm able to cater to their needs. whether it's singer-songwriter, whether it's metal, prog. Um, you know, sometimes it's an R&B, sometimes it's rap. Like, I being able to adjust because it's no longer about you, especially when you're a bass player. Like, you need to be able to support the rest of the song. And if you're only fixated on what you're playing, you're not going to be able to do it successfully. And I've had experiences where I thought, you know, this bass line's amazing. Like, I've turned the song into, like, something great. And then I get back and they're like, change everything. Like, no one wants to hear the bass that much. And, you know, sometimes you get your moments um but you have to be able you want to be this type of session based player that people say you know I love what you do like I'm not even going to give you that type of creative direction like run with it I trust you like that's what you want to be
0: yeah I know but being a session bassist in particular is hard because yeah sometimes you get those times where they're like that we didn't want all of that and you're like oh but it's so good I hate to say <laughs> goodbye like <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally Sometimes I have to say to Julianne, hey, don't getty lead the baseline. It's okay. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> always want to getty lead the bass line. Um, yeah. It's true. Sometimes you want to Beyonce the vocals, but that's not it's not it. That's not <laughs> the vibes. <laughs>
2: you gotta fit. I always relate music to a puzzle. I feel like I already said it maybe, but like you gotta like, you know, you need to fit in perfectly. You can't try to fit into the piece where you're not supposed to go, or it's just not gonna the final product is gonna look messy. And like not going to look right people are gonna be confused (laughs) and you know (laughs) yeah yeah i agree
0: even in a puzzle there's like those like 10 to 20 pieces that all look the same exactly they're they're just like the
1: sky (laughs) yes yes (laughs) exactly so i have a very different question for you Mm -hmm. so what is your approach to social media
2: social media is something that i've really taken up and very like um I'm going like full out on social media, trying to, you know, engage every single day. It's something that um, COVID has allowed me to do because I started with so much time at home about like April, I started, you know, taking my social media more seriously because I realized, especially because I'm still a high school student, um, that this is a way in COVID that I can create my portfolio for, you know, whatever I do next, college, whatever jobs I do, um, because I'm not performing. And I had a, I was supposed to go on tour um, with my like music program. I was supposed to go to California, like uh, Nevada, like it was, uh, you know, or Arizona. So I was so excited for those things and I wasn't able to display that to anyone. So I was like, social media is the way that I can connect with people who don't know me and, you know, impress them. And that's like uh, ultimately the goal. And like, I found that I run social media like a business and you need to, you know, like you you create your structures you create your outlines, your routines and then you gotta like add the spice to it. So, you know, people continue to stay engaged. Um, And the best way that I like got better with it was by doing a Berkeley college summer program where I applied to be a summer ambassador of Berkeley summer as its own, you know, company. And I was in like weekly meetings where I got to learn about, you know, marketing yourself and almost marketing yourself like an entrepreneur. And like, you know, as a performing musician, the way you would, you want people to see you, you know, like from learning about your insights to learning about, the way to make your videos look good, like down to the, you know, the actual quality and things like that. And, you know, I found that like, it takes a lot and it takes a lot of like order and organization. Like I've gotten better with spreadsheets and stuff, you know, to organize my session work. And, you know, while that's not social media, it's completely intertwined. And, you know, it's really social media is a way that you can tie all your, because musicians have hundreds of different projects all the time. It's a way you can tie it all together and be like, look, this is me. You know what I mean? Like, especially during COVID, this is me, watch me do what I do. Like, look at all these different ways that I do it and tell me what you think too, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's a cool program that Berkeley has. I didn't know they did that one because I know like, you know, being, being a young person, people are always like, oh, well, like you, you grew up with it, you know how to use it, da-da-da. That's
2: a lie.
0: Yeah, it's, you still have to, (laughs) you have to try, and I feel like the sooner, I've realized the sooner you do it, the better, because, like, I've had a a certain accounts for a long time now, but I was just using them, like, casually, like, you know, starting in middle school and not really, like, paying attention and people are like oh well you know how to use Instagram already
2: and I'm like I, like not really I'm, I'm getting yeah. there but <laughs> yeah totally yeah I agree it, there's totally a side of it where you know you use it for leisure and I you know everyone has their separate accounts that aren't like I also like, like to keep you know at being also young um you know, like part of my life private. So like I'm creating a music account was something I did for fun. And then it became this thing where I was, you know deciding how I wanna budget money to promote things and how I wanna set up websites, especially like at a time when I didn't think I was gonna release music. This was like, you know, let me show myself as a session basis primarily. And I never delete things from my music account. Um, So if you were like scroll down, you would see like there's a visual change from like, you know, lighting filters and things like that. And the way that you promote yourself to almost like a part of it is catch the eye and the hardest part is you know catch the eye without taking away from the musical quality so yeah that's always a big thing to think be conscious of yeah so what do you
0: think about the music industry right now
2: I think that it's going to evolve and it's unpredictable right now and you know there's no rule book or calendar to it anymore um And for someone who's, like, planning on going into the music business, like, um, it's scary, you know, because who knows, like, you know, your career paths could be no longer, you know, realistic almost um, with COVID, who knows, but I think in light of that, musicians have pulled through during these trying times, you know, not just COVID, but like through the black lives matter movement through every, you know, so like rough social climates, rough political climate. There is through these past, this past year, I think the music industry has allowed us to shine through when people aren't even looking for it. And I think that music, whether or not you're a musician is always going to be a way to connect with people, because I think everyone listens to music, even if they're not doing it on their own, you know, you hear everywhere. And it's a way to, you know, especially when we can't be physically together, like a way to show feeling once again, you know, and also have something for people to bond over without being in person. It's Something very, what I said, like about my music, it's tangible. It's something that you can share with someone else. And it's also left for interpretation. So there's a lot of options. And I think the music industry, you know, it's definitely rough now. And live music is, um, there's a long way before we can get back there. But there's a huge thing to be said about the ways we can promote ourselves as musicians on our platforms in the industry on social media now. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree.
0: Agree. Yeah. I just have a question just out of, kind of out of my own curiosity. (laughs) But how do you, so you said you're 16 and you're still in high school. So how do you like balance school and trying to do what you want to do like with music and everything?
2: It's definitely hard and you know you always you can't lose sight of like what's important like I've always been a student a diligent student so um I've never been the kind of person where like I will lose sight of school because I care about my grades kind of thing but it really does take organization that's like why social media gets hard sometimes is because in order to keep your engagement up you need to interact every single day pretty much and um something I found like to keep me really successful is these spreadsheets I've been doing for like my content calendars. So um, planning out what I'm going to do before I do it um, will save me time in the long run. And also my session work, being able to say to people, like, you know, when I have a lot of session work coming in at once, being able to be like, I'm not available until this time of the month. Like I'm working on my, and you know, setting a time for yourself, I'm working on my release. So I mean like within school and my you know, personal life and stuff, I think, there's also, like, subcategories within my music, like, from, you know, the programs I do, the music school work I do, because I take, like, horses at school, like, all of that. And I think it's just, you know, for me, it's organization. And it's also just being able to, you know, in terms of mindfulness, know that you can love music more than anything, which is totally what I am. Um, but you always need to love other things. I learned that at Berkeley, too. You know, Steve Bailey, the director of the bass department, he would always say in our forums he was like you need to love other things so you can go do them and enjoy them and come back to base and love it even more so his thing was surfing like I play soccer as well and like that's the kind of thing like you you need to be able to create balance in everything in your life and music you can so quickly spend hours and lose sight of you know everything <laughs> so it's really important to just always keep track of like the tabs
1: that are in our lives you know yeah it is so hard to like you said like love other things because I am always like no I only want music all the time yeah and then no one told me about going I wish someone had told me this about going to school for music was that you are not going to want to listen to music Mm -hmm. when you're not in class because I totally freaked out when I first like put on like a Lady Gaga and didn't want to listen to it I was like i hate music what's You're wrong, wrong me? with me why am i, I i'm broken like <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with me and all my friends are like no that's just what happens you know mm-hmm. so i think learning to like love other things like this podcast and watching svu which apparently are the only two other things that i do in my <laughs> life um, are good because then i can be like oh i took a break but now it's time to hit it hard you know mm-hmm. totally yeah. yes absolutely
0: You have to be a
2: human. No, the best is when your friends are like, "Let's go out," and I'm like, "No, like I can't." You know, I'm just sitting in my room playing bass. Like, (laughs) sorry, yeah,
1: sorry. Simply would rather play bass. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and it's hard sometimes too because sometimes people don't get it because music is a lot of people's hobbies. Music is a lot of people's other thing that they love, and it's like, well this is my job I have to like spend time on it <laughs>
2: yes. yeah it's not like a bike you can you can get rusty and you need to you know oil gears quickly <laughs> yeah right
1: yeah I noticed that like when I'm at school I I come home and I like I'm sitting and I'm like wow I never hit these notes before and then after I stop like practicing regularly I'm like excuse me yeah go? like come back <laughs> totally yes where are all my skills
2: Yeah. (laughs) Listening is something I could never get old, uh, that never gets old for me um, because I found that it's not even multitasking. I feel like some people think I'm crazy for it, but like sometimes I really like to read, you know, when I have time for that type of focus um, (laughs) and brain power, (laughs) but I love to listen to music while I read and not just classical, but like, you know, sometimes I really like listening to like metal when I read and I don't know where it comes from, but like, I think that music resonates with me on such like a, like simple motor level. Like even in times of like, you know, mental health struggles, like anxiety, like music has always come through as a physical thing for me that just um, can kind of keep me on track because it's what I know best. So I feel like um like to, you know, like devil's advocate, like if, you know, use the thing you know best to keep all the other things in your life on track. Like if I listen to music, when I do X, Y, Z, you know, when I run, when I read, when I um, homework, like things like that. I, you know, it's, it almost creates, like, the bumpers to
1: my life, you know,
2: <laughs> keeps yes. me in line. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Music is a great tool for that, um, for managing anxiety specifically. Um, managing lots of mental health struggles, but the one I have experienced with is anxiety, because um, I feel like when I'm, when I am singing or listening to music, I feel like all the stars are in line, like, all the, all the planets are like you know in hercules and like the planets will align like it feels yeah. like that like everything feels like very perfect and even if everything else around me feels crazy it's like well i have this and i can always come back to this it's almost like coming home in a way you know absolutely yeah i yeah. i totally have similar experience with that
2: especially in times of like physical anxiety you know like anxiety attacks things like that when you like kind of feel like you lose yourself and you're you know suddenly you're on the outside you're watching yourself and you want to get back in um, even without you know, m- mental notion of it, like picking up the bass has become like a, a a physical relief, and I notice sometimes when I you know if I go away, if I'm traveling or something, and I'm not playing as much, like I can almost feel it because it's become such habit, not only habit, but it's just like such a, you know, daily activity. It's like when you take yourself out of your schedule and, or you don't take yourself out of your schedule, you take that little thing away. And similarly to the sound of the bass and how it performs in music, like you don't really notice until it's gone, how big of a
1: part it plays in everything. Yeah, like it's your yeah. life. Totally. That's yeah. how I feel when I like put my hand on, like I have a, a SM58 that I use to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I put my hand on it, I'm like,
2: nice. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: exactly.
0: It's interesting that you bring that up. Cause that's not like, that's like a thing. Like when, that they say to do when you're, where you have anxiety attacks or just experiencing anxiety at any moment, like to sit down and be like, okay, like I can feel like the shirt ah. on my arm and I can hear this and I can see ah. this and like focus on things. So it, Can of course totally be things like picking up your microphone or your instrument. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: music heals. Like, honestly, that has been a thing. I've been very against the whole grounding and mindfulness in times when I needed it the most. And as everyone is, you know, when you're told you need something like that, you know, I was always the first person to reject that it wasn't going to work. And when I found through that, that music healed. Music was grounding. I just couldn't stop. Like it, I used it as a crutch and that never hurt me. You know what I mean? To use it like that. So it only ever made me better in times when I think about it in times when I saw like exponential growth in my practice and my playing was times when I was also the most anxious and like, I needed that, you know, thrive in. And in the end, like it made me come out as a better person and, you know, happier and more engaged in the moment. Like, Music has taught me to, you know, focus in the, be present in the moment. Same thing like that. Mindfulness, the grounding
1: inevitably does. Yeah. That's such a gift about music too, is that you can be so totally in the moment. Like, especially when you're like playing with a band or whatever, like that is such a gift because you're like, I will never have this exact moment with these people ever again. Absolutely. And then you look at COVID and you're like, look how
2: fast this gets fucking taken away from us. <laughs> like, you yeah. Yeah. Like, that is true, and, you know, every performance, every moment on stage is a different moment, and so many things can be going on in front of you, like, with an audience, especially when you're, you know, playing at, like, a outdoor place, like, I've had a lot of experience playing at, like, you know, festivals, street fair, kind you know, like, kind of thing where people aren't yeah. necessarily, like, you're, I'm no, like, you know, I'm, what's, like, icon, you know, you said Beyonce earlier, I'm no Kanye West, like, you know, I'm not, like, yeah. you know, we're not sitting here to worship, you know, so, um, <laughs> I, you know, I found that, like, it's really easy to, like, be interested in, like, oh, what's that person doing? Like, oh, do I know that person? Like, if it's local, like, <laughs> who's who's walking by? Who spilled their drink? Like, what's going on? Um, and when you're able to, like, cut all those things out, yet also have this wonderful connection with your audience, like, that is something you never get the same experience next time, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Gosh, speaking of things going on around you, you just reminded me of, like, a a short but funny story, speaking of, like, playing outside and playing fairs and whatnot. Have you ever been playing outside, and, like, the stage maybe just isn't necessarily present at all, or (laughs) it's low to the ground, and somebody, like, talks to you while you're playing? (laughs) Oh my gosh, probably, that probably has happened. (laughs) I've had little kids run on the stage, maybe, like... Because that happened to me one time. It was a high school jazz band thing. And somebody just came up and started talking to me. And I was like, uh. uh <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. My teacher was like, well, you didn't stop playing. I was like, "God, well, thank God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's of funny. Yeah, that's true. I feel like, especially when you, you get those, you know, I get always get so excited when, you know, that one bandmate or whoever's friend or parent or whoever it is, like, gets that great film and that great audio of the show and I'm like rushing to YouTube to go look at it and I'm like who are who is this like woman with a stroller like standing right behind me like you know like (laughs) crying child or whatever it is I'm like with those outdoor shows you never know what you're gonna get you know I know yeah they're they're a little crazy but it's okay Mm -hmm. great it's all an experience you know (laughs) yeah
1: well honestly I wouldn't talk shit about any performance experience right now because I'd like some
2: (laughs) (laughs) a story for you I um with my like music program that I do like because I'm still in high school I can do like school of rock things like that that yeah and like you know um you know, like the house band is such a great opportunity like I'm always playing gigs with my friends and it's like so awesome and the funny part to me is like before COVID we had like I forgot what it's called, the the minor league, like football at MetLife Stadium. Like we had like national anthem show, like we had huge stuff and we had our California tour, like kind of thing. Uh, you know, in those places, there's like Red Rocks, things like that. Like there was big gigs that like, we're lucky to have a program that like can put us in them. Um, and our first, the only show I've done so far, and I'm so thankful for it. I don't even, I don't say a, a, anything bad about it. It was at one of our local venues that we play a lot of shows at. But it was in the the parking lot, and there was a like really nice patio that they set up like outdoor seating they did for the venue like through COVID, and this was like a few weeks ago. But I was like, what I was saying, I was looking. We had like nice lights. It got dark out. It was like really fun, and like we were we were gonna take anything, you know, like even if it, we we weren't able to use a full drum set because it's outside, and you know you know neighbors and things like that um so we had to do like a kind of like an acoustic thing you know cajon type vibe <laughs> um and it was really fun and i was looking at the videos and i was like especially with covid and people distancing i was like i think my mom had her trunk open like in the background cuz she was sitting watching and i was like oh this is great <laughs> you know <laughs> what we see behind <laughs> but you know i'm thankful for it you know any parking lot show will do for me right now
0: <laughs> yeah i need more parking lot shows yeah Cause like that they're, too. yeah. Cause like they're they're pretty, like they're good. I feel like before yeah. nobody thought they
1: would be good, but like they're good. There's no, something like <laughs> very rock about having a show in a parking lot. It's very yeah. much like punk. Like fuck this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially in a time when like we have, a, I don't know, like about you guys, but like it's really hard for us to even practice because like you know COVID precautions. Like I'm not even going inside with like my band, like people in my band and stuff, like. We've had like a, like a few, like, you know, like a month or something on end where we've been able to make it work. But then, you know, someone travels, someone needs a quarantine, someone's exposed. Like, you know, no one wants to take that risk. So being able to play in a smaller setting is honestly like a blessing in disguise to some extent, because it becomes like a formal practice space, you know, because we're out of shape. We really are, you know, so that, you know, we can make that chemistry bond again before we go back to normal if we ever go back to normal. (laughs) Yeah. Band practice was the thing that brought me
0: back to the college campus.
1: Yes, <laughs> like... so We were all like, it was like 10, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Like Monday or Thursday was when we could pull it off. Yeah. And we would all be like so excited. But we were also like, don't don't come too close, I guess. <laughs> like... <laughs> have you guys had, I don't, uh, have you sung in a mask yet? <laughs> I have. I tape it to my nose. Yeah, I literally medical tape it to my nose because I don't have patience for it falling off. Um. Yeah, I had
2: to sing. uh, This is a weird one. I had to sing "Jump" yeah by Van Halen with a mask on, and I was like, "We'll see how this works." Like I was like trying to like hold it out so I could just breathe a little bit because you know you breathe in and it like sticks to your face, and you're like, "What am I going to (laughs)
1: do?" I had a mask that I was trying to sing in, or I went to the gym in it, and it would like go in my mouth when I breathed, and I was like, "No, exactly that's." (laughs) That's my issue. <laughs> yeah, it's not great for the jumping around. Yeah. Gotta stay safe though. True. Yeah. Above all, wear the mask. We know we complain about it sometimes, so but whatever. Keep it yeah. safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have kind of a big question for you. Mm-hmm. So this is our, uh, every podcast we do a, a moment called the Shut Up and Let Me Do It moment. Mm hmm. And basically we feel like in this industry, there's often a moment of unexpected validation when you realize how much you've grown and you can say either externally or internally, like, no, shut up, I got this, I can do this. Yeah. Can you give us a moment that you might've had like that? Yeah, totally. It was um, pre-COVID and I think you guys could
2: probably like relate and extend upon this, like being a female bassist in the music industry is a constant battle with all the men. And, you know, sometimes the women too, like it's the kind of thing that um, at times has made me just subconsciously expect that people, I could never be at the same level with people. And it's also constantly putting me in situations where I'm the only girl. And like, on a, you know, non-musician level, that's like not always the greatest and in the industry, like that's not always the greatest. And you're sometimes receiving the wrong types of attention. And sometimes you're being looked at for your playing. And sometimes, you know, it's always the Instagram comments that are like, you're pretty for a basis. Like, you know, or like, you're pretty good for a female basis. And I'm like, let me show you how I play. So I had this moment where we were playing, um, do you know YYZ? Yeah. Okay. So we were playing YYZ and, you know, it was the kind of situation in a school rock setting where like I was getting casted on the song. So like, it was kind of like, you know, me and other beasts, like more options kind of thing. And I got put on the song and it was the kind of thing where I watched my friend do it when I was younger. And I was like, one day I'm never, I'm never going to be able to play this song. <laughs> I was like, this is not going to work. when And then like, I got to the point where like, you know, my teacher of what, like five, six years, like put me on the song and like, it meant a lot to me because it was definitely like a long-term goal in the back of my mind. And I learned it, and I was—I don't do anything below, you know, my greatest potential. I always want to, you know, excel in everything I do, so I like work hard, and I like will do it it until I get it right. And you know, those baseballs are pretty hard, so um, (laughs) I, you know, I got to the point where we're practicing it, and it became a thing. Like you're not doing it good enough, like you know, and it and I was doubting myself, and I would get nervous before rehearsal around my friends, and it was like between me and two boys where we were like fighting about it I was like I'm playing this the right way like I don't know what else to tell you like it's not you know like and I started realizing it's beyond me and it's beyond it's the fact that like it's kind of intimidating and scary to see a female bassist do it sometimes especially in rock music when it's dominated by men in rock history and that was really a moment where I was like I'm going to do this. And I'm terrified because now words have been put in my mouth that I can't. And I got on stage for that final performance and I did it. And I recently, this is from like a year and a half ago, I think. I watched that video and I was like, wow, like I did that. Like I really did that. And everyone saw it. And I like my, I, it was note for note because I like put everything in. I like, worked the shit out of my hands. It hurt and it was scary. And I was really, and I don't get stage fright, but like that was, that was just pure fear because of the you know, the fear of me doing it. So I was like, yeah, shut up. Let me do it. Just let me do it because you can do it and I can do it too. And I can maybe do it better and that's okay. Like You know? So that was like a really special moment to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I know Julianne has some shit to add to this.
0: <laughs> totally. I don't know if I should. No. Um, always. I guess I could. I guess I could, but well, I mean, whatever. I'll just, I'll, I'll do it vaguely. Um, I mean, hey, I also love Rush and I have, you just reminded me cause I've recently been going back through Rush songs that years ago I was like, it's just not going to happen right now. Like I can play some of the riffs, but not all of them. Yeah. So I've recently been going back through like, oh, I can play it now. Yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta check on my YYZ because I started learning it, um, like th- a couple of years ago and I kind of like hit a wall with it essentially and mm-hmm. yeah I I got to put that on my lineup I like forgot about it but <laughs> but yeah for sure being having people well men be intimidated by you just as as a woman in music but then also as a bass player as well like it I mean I of course get the oh my god like that bass is bigger than you are or oh like most of the time you see women play a girl bass and I'm like what what is What's that a girl base I or, don't know
2: what that is or, or, oh yeah, the one especially because I don't know I, when I because I'm in high school like I when I talk to like you know parents my fr- like friends dads like things like that they'll be like oh, you'll get into college with that one, like, because they need more female bassists. I'm like, no, I'm going to get into college because I'm going to rock that audition, you know I'm going to, blow their minds. (laughs) Exactly, like, it's just,
0: but yeah, I I hate, like, I've had the thought of, like, did that situation happen because they were intimidated because I'm a girl, and, like, you know, I don't want to say, like, I'm better than them, but like it, you know how you kind of have to tell yourself, like, you have, I'm,
2: yeah,
0: like, I'm, I'm above that bullshit. And like,
2: who cares about the music? Like, I'm above the bullshit of being intimidated. Like, why yeah. can't we, why can't we just jam? Like, you know, so I know my, my approach to it's like recently, especially when it's like, on social media because you know everything hits harder on social media and you know like I work hard on a video and you know of course like what I said like the eye catching like I will get dressed for a, you know and you know I'll put on makeup and like so I can turn on my ring light and make a great video but like that is never going to be the, the focal point and when my reactions and I've seen this on a lot of other women on Instagram like sometimes I, like I search those like female basis female musician hashtags and like it upsets me so much to read the comments because like I don't want to be sexualized for doing the thing that I love. Like I wanna do it because it's a sound, I want to resonate with you in a way that we can connect beyond gender, beyond every, you know, category that we can put each other into. Um, age is always like a thing. Um, and it's becoming less and less a thing. Like I've been doing so much session work for adults, which is like such an amazing thing, you know, like to get that from people and You know, I do firmly believe that we can use music to, um, you know, recognize differences, especially in race. I think that music is a wonderful way to, you know, point out racial, uh, the history of racism in our country and, you know, beyond. And it's also a way where we can just forget about things like gender for a minute. Um, and we mm-hmm. can highlight them too. I'm always like trying to repost female musicians and males, like everyone's great. You know what I mean? Like love the guys too. I have hundreds of guy musician friends. I still love them. you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, whew, the, the sexualization really gets me too, because like, I, again, I've had the thought, like, what was I put into this situation to like be the sex appeal? And then when I didn't just blindly follow like without questioning. I got cut. Like,
2: is is that was that the situation? Like, yeah, or do I not play well enough when I don't wear like a short skirt and a tight shirt on stage? Like, I'm a bassist Like, I don't want to wear a skirt half the time. Like, that sounds really annoying, especially when you can catch me, you know, like shredding like painkiller like on on base and like headbanging especially when I'm singing like I will headbang with the boys as much as I want when I sing dream theater you know what I mean like and I don't want to do it in a skirt like I'm gonna or heels I'm gonna fall over so
1: yeah yeah it's also like for sure wanting wanting to look nice on stage but also like you see all these fucking dudes in jeans and t-shirts yeah like so are you telling me that I went out and I put all this shit on my face and I'm in the heels. And I'm in the leather pants. And I'm wearing crazy clothes. <laughs> for this motherfucker to show up and have a white t-shirt on and jeans. <laughs> like.
0: <laughs> totally. But, like, that's the standard. Like, nobody that's gives different. a shit.
1: I know. So you're like, well, then why do I give a shit? Yeah. You, know, you have to balance. Like, like, am I doing this for me? Because I like to look this way? Like, is this the look I'm embracing? Or am I doing it because this is what people have told me I should look like.
2: Totally. I That's a huge thing to think about, especially like being in performance programs from such a young age. But like the way that I have seen it, because I have, you know, like wonderful male instructors and female ones, but male, instru- I have my, you know, bass teacher over the past years who also like directs a lot of like the music performance programs I do. He has never, I, I think there was a time when I was probably like one of very few of his like female students. And I've never once been felt, you know, I thank him for like showing me that I can be something, just like all of his guy students that you know like are the same as me. And like I started to realize, especially like with School of Rock, because I have a really close relationship with the um, directors at School of Rock, um, that my job as a performer male or female is to separate myself from the audience and to stand out and to be their entertainment and to play the music they want to hear and I get the best I don't know about you guys I get the biggest like thrill out of getting ready for a show like I love it I absolutely love it and I started realizing there was a part where I like thought about I was like do I even like why do I need to do all of this like this is not for me like and I was like no like I love doing this and you all can wear pajamas there's been times like you know Christmas shows and things like holiday shows where like let's wear pajamas, because it's funny, and, like, so, like, we're around the fire, like, Christmas day, and I'm, like, no, like, I'm not (laughs) on stage, I want to get ready, I want to do my makeup, if we're doing that, I'm doing some crazy version of it that looks like stage clothes, like, that is what I'm gonna do, (laughs)
1: because that's, you know,
2: it's also part of, like, my mental preparation, I jam out, yeah, we're gonna play, like, I'm singing along,
1: you know, (laughs) yeah, I feel that, too, because it's, like, it's, like, sometimes you feel, like, because, especially, because, like, I'm in a rock band, it's, like, yeah I want to be boundary pushing or whatever but Mm -hmm. is it so wrong if I want to look pretty too like is it so wrong if I don't want to like do riot girl makeup or whatever oh yeah totally. because it's like you know you just have to decide what you what you are and what look you want to be because it's also about creating the persona because like I know I have a stage name Mm -hmm. so I do like whatever I'm like well she looks this way yeah she's different than me (laughs) <laughs>
2: that's so cool. I love that. I haven't, I haven't thought, I don't know a ton of people like maybe because I'm younger, like we're all just, you know, students to some extent, but that is super cool. Like, I really like that. And, you know, I feel like that's what I was able just to go back to this. Like, I feel like it makes sense. Like what with my EP coming out, like, I feel like, yes, it's based on my experience, but when I think about the EP now, I don't even think about the things that I was originally writing about because it's a master. It's like, it's my masterpiece now that I am like, a, I feel like I'm like the wizard of it. And like, I created <laughs> this like concoction and like, you know, like maybe there's times in the song where I'm talking about myself and I'm talking about someone else or I'm talking about a few other, you know, but like, they're just characters in a story now because you. everyone knows, and I don't know if you guys listen to Anthony Fantano or Dissect, but um I was listening to the Igor, like Tyler, the creator, dissect collaboration with Fantano. And all they're talking about is how much he probably exaggerated the terrible parts of his relationship to make a good song. And it's so true. Like, I, I believe that like most musicians when they write, like, it's it, it's so it's like you write about a feeling or an idea. You don't write about like an event for the most of the time Or like, you know, the the you, like music grounds but we don't really write about those literal parts we turn them into something more conceptual so people can take it with a grain of salt and like yeah. with your performance or your stage presence and stuff like that is so cool that you can like the thing I do with my music you can do with yourself like I want to try that <laughs> <laughs> yeah try like, it
1: I mean if you don't like it it's not for you get rid of it like that's yeah, you know yeah. finding yourself as an artist yeah yeah but I always thought it was interesting that like when especially talking about female musicians people will be like oh, well, Taylor Swift wrote this song about Harry Styles. Like, no, she didn't. Yeah. Taylor Swift wrote that song about feelings she had yeah. about Harry Styles. Yeah. Like, and I always think that that's interesting. Like, I don't, I think the distinction is important because it's like, it wasn't about him. It was about her and the way that she felt. Yeah. And that's how all music is. It's about you. Or
2: it's the idea.
1: Of him. <laughs> like, it's the idea of what he
2: made her feel or, and you know, like, right. it's all those things and I think this I, I've now that you're saying that I'm thinking about it a little bit more because I've always feel like Taylor Swift I've been making this joke to people like well that's what happens when you date a musician like I'm just I don't <laughs> want Taylor Swift on him like I don't want him to hate me or anything not mm-hmm. like that it's, it's anything bad it's just like it's not exploiting because it's not about it anymore it's just about you know like a point in my life where I felt a few ways and like you can correlate back to yourself but like it also was just like a part of me that I need to like express somehow you know what I mean um and I need to express it in the way that I know best and the whole Taylor Swift thing because I feel like that's the archetypal one that we use to talk about that is um I feel like a a huge part of it you know you're talking about my thoughts on the music industry is like record labels and you know like the whole marketing strategies to monetize off of something that isn't real like you know I don't know if you guys have heard this whole driver's license phenomenon oh my god
1: yeah and like
2: I'm like sitting there like I think this idea is really cool. Like, I think the driver's license thing is really cool. I think the fact that it starts with the car keys is, like, genius. And then, like, As for the Rest of the Song is very literal, and I have appreciation for, like, very literal lyrics like that. Um, sometimes I wish I could do that. Um, and I'm just sitting there, like, oh, my God, everyone needs to shut the fuck up and just, like, enjoy it. Like, so oh my God. God. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I cried to it, like, once, maybe. <laughs> you know? but, like, it, like like let her live like let her like let her detox let her reflect and let her do it the way that she knows best just like we do like yeah it's not like go g like I always say go I am always like let me go genius lyrics on you and like explain my whole (laughs) if I want to do that yeah but like 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 let her live they're like going crazy you know I mean you ask for it when you put music out there you have to like let people do what they're gonna do with it and I'm really scared of that but you know, who cares? I don't give a fuck. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. like
1: you know, so. I know, like, one of the, um, a really good example of that is, like, um, sometimes people take music that either is political and make it not political or take music that is, isn't political and make it political. And yeah. sometimes then the artist will step in and be like, no, that's not why I wrote the song. Yeah. But, like, usually up to, like, a point where you're, like, misrepresenting the work, artists will be whatever like yeah up to a point I guess where they feel like their work is being used to either silence someone or um misrepresent a cause they'll usually be like yeah maybe not but like usually that's just you put it out there let them do what they're gonna do yeah and the
2: musicians honestly that like sit there and they're like this is not what it's about like you guys need to stop like no like music is no who cares who it is how famous they are music is always up for interpretation and it's super cool to share your narrative and your inspiration the reason you wrote it but do you guys know Jeremy Zucker no no Jeremy Zucker is like a a little bit more like independent artist um a little bit more pop um but I'm like kind of into his production stuff um he said in like some interview he was like people always message me on Instagram being like you helped me through like xyz because like of your song about it and he's like I'm so happy it helps you but that's not what I wrote this about like it's just so interesting like you know like come as you are and take yeah.
1: it you know <laughs> okay. it's also kind of like Pearl Jam's Alive like when he wrote the song he was saying like the tragedy is I'm still alive yeah like it wasn't like a song about like prevailing against the odds yeah and then when he heard the fans sing it that way he was like wow I never thought about singing a song this way like Hey, I'm still alive. Yeah. Like, I like this is a good thing. <laughs> right. And so I thought that was interesting. Totally. I'm going to you ask a question now. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, hey, I could talk about this forever. <laughs> that was an um, that was an excellent discussion. I know. I love when we do yeah. this. <laughs> so, I
0: have an equally deep and important question for you. Awesome. <laughs> what is your favorite food?
2: Favorite food? well it's hard because I'm so hungry right now and I doordash some food and I, I'm scared because it's for my whole family I keep seeing the notifications come home I'm like mm, they better go get it like I, I, so I'm the one getting the message right now <laughs> and um I think that my favorite food is ramen but not like cup of noodles like I really like nice ramen with like you know nice things in it and I love it like there's this place in my town that does like bao buns and ramen and it's my favorite thing ever especially like honestly I could eat it any season like it's great in the winter I think I have some in my fridge from yesterday that I haven't finished so that's definitely one of my favorites and you know I love sushi Mm, you know what I think I gotta go ramen this is really hard for me I eat so much um I'm gonna have to know what your guys' favorites are too but um Ramen or tacos, like, any, like, I I could eat so many different kinds of tacos all the time. Like, that's really my, I eat so much Mexican food all the time, so, yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: trying to, I also have multiple favorite foods, so I'm trying to think of one that I have not said yet. I
1: always say the same thing.
0: <laughs> I know I've definitely oh. said mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. I have discussed sushi. Mm-hmm. But... I mean I love cupcakes.
1: <laughs> that's a good one. That's, that is that's is valid.
2: I got to <laughs> ask though like I know you guys are the ones asking me questions but when have you seen those people like who like I maybe you're one of them. I think it's kind of fun and like I've never done it before but my friend my best friend does it. But like you cut like the bottom half of the cake of the cupcake off and you put it on the top and you make it like a Yeah. I, do you do that. That? <laughs> I just needed to know. Like, I, you know that's a, that's the creative mind. You know? A cake sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I have not done that, but I must try it. And I'm going to try not to. Because
1: I think about it. Because <laughs> you get, like, I don't know, appropriate cake to icing ratio, and it exactly. prevents the icing from getting all over your face.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. That's the move.
1: Um, My favorite food. Um, I go in cycles because I work in a restaurant. So, like, I, I uh, make... The same thing for like a month, and then I'll be like, Try again. Right now, it's crap with eggs, home fries, and American cheese in it. And then I just like throw it on the grill. Sounds so good. That's what I eat. (laughs) Also, string cheese, like polio string cheese. I love those. I keep those around.
2: (laughs) Everyone has that like one thing that they eat. That's like, I feel like I have the same like type of granola bar that's like my favorite that I have like a hundred of them in all my bags and like. pockets i sometimes i'm like like in my per, my backpack or my purse and i'm like oh well look at me like like lucky day you know <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: that's a very mom friend type thing i always have like some granola bars
2: <laughs> i'm totally that i'm totally the mom
1: <laughs> um i think sometimes eating can feel like overwhelming in college because like you have to like procure your own meal especially because like i'm a sophomore so i have to like make my own food so i always keep those like string cheeses around so that, like if I like panic and I'm like, I'm just going to have toast again. I'll be like, all right, yeah. let's have string cheese first because you're really <laughs> hungry. And then we'll make food after you don't feel like trash. Yeah,
2: <laughs> the hanger I always, I, my favorite word maybe. Uh, that's how I always am like, I'm on the phone with someone, especially when we're talking about music. I get like all hyped up about whatever I'm doing. And then I'm like, oh, I need to leave. I'm hangry. Like I'm not, I'll call you back. I'm, not, I'm <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> I am <just,
1: I'm> back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love oh, that. No. Yeah. <laughs> So what are your life goals?
2: Um, Overarching life goal is to be happy in what I do and be successful and continue to be ambitious no matter how old I am. That's like a huge thing. I value ambition as a characteristic over everything in other people and myself. Um, but I think one of my biggest life goals is to be able to incorporate music into like a, a lifestyle that, you know, isn't on the road, isn't performance. Like my goal is not, I'm not going to be like, my goal is to be famous and be in a band and tour. Like I don't even want the road life when I'm older. I don't know. Like I love performing, but like, that's not going to be my job. I want to be able to incorporate my biggest life goal right now, especially because I'm looking at college and stuff is like to incorporate like the drive and the, you know, and to be honest, like the passion that I have to succeed in my academics and be able to come in, you know, like fuse it with music in a way that I can also at the same time, um, defy these like norms for women in the music industry. Like I want to be, I want to be super successful and I want to have whatever entrepreneur business, like, you know, MBA music degree, like I want to be that person. And I want to be able to inspire other people in that way, um, as well, because that, really is my dream and i i do believe that i can make it a reality when i work hard and
1: yeah that's my life goal.
2: <laughs> very Love valid that.
1: yeah we Great. ask this question to like all kinds of people like young people and old people and older people they're not old but like they <laughs> have had careers and stuff yeah so it's like sometimes they're like well i did everything and it's always nice to hear someone be like my goal is to be happy mm-hmm. yeah totally because that's what life is
2: about yeah yes You know, like, my goal is also to, like, you know, I bet you guys know, like, musician fear is, like, can I make a career out of this and make money at the same time? And, like, trust that if I go to, you know, music school and get a music degree, like, am I going to make any money? Like, you know, what's going to happen? So, you know, um, I think, like, with that comes, I never want to, you know, people say, like, you don't work a day in your life, whatever, when you do what you love. Like, I also do, like, want to be able to do what I love and continue to love it and not it I don't want music to become a chore or a job like of course it's hard at times like when you have a lot on your plate or you know music does get frustrating sometimes um it doesn't mean that I step away it just means I move on to some other musical thing instead <laughs> but um you know I never want it to become that for me you yeah know? yeah you know put it on to whoever else I come across in my life so yeah yeah so do you
0: have a quote that you really like like From someone else.
2: Either from you. Yeah. Either way. Um how to think. I actually wrote down a quote yesterday and actually no, I can't find it. I don't know. There's a lot of song lyrics I like and um I'm a big deadhead on top. I forgot to mention that. Like with my whole prog metal R and b etc., Chan, what a brain guitar. Um, I'm also a total deadhead and some people hate it, some people love it, but I think a a quote that my mom has always like messaged me in times when I, you know, am distraught or whatever about XYZ is if you get confused, just listen to the music play. And um, you know, music oriented and you know, it means bigger things for me. But on top of that all Frank Ocean's discography is like my life quotes. So if you ever need one, like Marley says, um, listen to anything on Blonde or something and you'll get something (laughs) that I believe in firmly, you know? Valid.
1: Which actually leads us into our next and final question. Uh, What is your favorite album?
2: Oh my God.
1: Uh, I know we're really, we're testing (laughs) you. And I can't give you more than one. You can (laughs) But we had someone give us one from every genre so like steer away from that direction I, a little bit <laughs> um I would say oh I have so many Damn. Give, I us, give us three
2: okay three well I gotta say Blonde by Frank Ocean is one of my favorite albums of all time and it will always be one of my favorite albums of all time and you know people say he's some people, the the minority of people in the world say that he's overrated and he, I don't think he is at all. I think he's a genius, but um, I think that album is absolutely perfect. Um, I wanna say, I really like this one just because I would have to say one of my favorite albums is one that shapes my musicianship. And I wanna say either Hemispheres by Rush or 2112. I don't, I don't know, but um, because I learned like the entire thing once, so like <laughs> I think that was a really big moment. But um, there's this live album um by Genesis. It's blue. I don't even know what it's called to be honest. I think it's I it, it maybe called a knife. Like the song I learned on it was called The knife, and it was like one of those turning points and playing where like it was like one of the you know milestone songs. You know, so that's probably one of my favorite albums as well. And then. Um, I need to throw in one of my favorite female albums as well. Hmm. I really like this Nora Jones album. It's like, I'm so bad at names of albums, to be honest. It's the blue one with her face on it. And it has come away with me and don't know why. And, um, I've literally been listening to that album since I was maybe four. Like, it's just always been on like my little iPod and like I fall asleep <laughs> to it at night. And like, nor Jones is an inspiration I love listening to her speak about music like the same thing we're doing and she's just so incredibly talented and I love every single song on that album so
1: that album is called come away with me I just love it.
2: awesome awesome (laughs) (laughs)
1: there you go nice that's awesome well do you have anything else you want to say before we sign off here on backbeat conversations no, I just thank you guys so much for having me. This is so I feel like we've known each other for so long. Like, I know we're like we're really yeah, not. It's
2: like <laughs> it's so awesome, and like I love the idea of podcasts. And I was on when I was getting ready for this, I was thinking about it a little bit, and I was like, "Damn, like I want to do a podcast. Like, what did I, I wish I do a
1: podcast
2: on? Like, <laughs> yeah. That sounds like, like so much fun." So I mean, thank you guys for giving me this experience. It doesn't happen every day, so yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to Backbeat Conversations. We put out a new episode every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all streaming platforms. And thank you so much to Marley for talking with us today. Hi guys. Stay safe and code and everything. I look forward to talking. Backbeat Conversations signing off. Bye. <laughs>
0: You like what you hear? Look up Witchweather on all streaming platforms and make TikToks with it.